This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 81215. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. All lowercase. Okay. <coughs> Good morning, Sorry. everyone. I've got oh. a bit of a <coughs> African clawed toad in the throat. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I remember those used to be boiling in the biology lab. I wonder what that was about. <laughs> African clawed toads? African clawed toads. They used to boil them as some sort of experiment. There was, a, there was a lot yeah. that used to happen. With me. I was a mere pupil. In the biology lab that it would not happen now, thank you. Exactly. Gosh. Exactly. We had very different... There was, some, there was some cruelty in the biology lab. Yeah, there was. Oh, right. yeah. It was awful. A lot of cruelty. Really. Um... I'm very surprised that it's a very exotic thing to be boiling. Look, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't make the rules. Yeah, very I'm, Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit, actually. Yeah, it, I don't know if it had been on the board previously. Mm. <laughs> the Vivi, the Vivi board. <laughs> yeah. Someone was you saying... You see sometimes stickers in cars, African clawed toad on board. <laughs> Talking of boards, someone was pointing... I was. Someone was... I saw someone pointing out recently on, on one of the social medias that, mm. of course, the concept of the nails down a blackboard, apologies to anyone at home listening, even, he- even hearing that I know is a bit grating, yeah. what will cease to exist as a concept for the young mm. because, because they have the whiteboard now. So the blackboards have gone completely. Oh, black- blackboard's obsolete. As far as I'm aware. I, 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 I caught the tail end of the blackboard. Oh, oh, okay. Not the toad. Yeah, we shouldn't have turned so sharply. He came into the classroom. I um, I remember we had a teacher, Mr. Harrison, who used to throw the board robber. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not very accurately. Uh, and what, at the um, pupils? Yeah, at the pupils. And um, absolute radio. But with, but with a sort of collateral damage effect of just whoever was near the. Well, exactly. He once missed and hit, um, I shouldn't name her, but I'll just say Lane, girl called Lane on the head, who was a redhead who had her hair tied back and she had the, the white rectangle of the board <laughs> robber on, that, on the side of her head for the rest of the lesson where it had just slapped her on the head. I remember he just went, sorry, Elaine. And that was that. Was that, the, was that. that was, I know it would be, a, obviously, a tribunal. <laughs> I don't, I don't miss those days. I wouldn't want my child to be having uh, board robbers thrown. Or I mean, as you say, there aren't any anymore, are there? No. Well, those foam, those foam whiteboard things. Yeah, much lighter. Never quite get it, get it off. Yeah. You know, when you go into sometimes, if, you, oh. if you're in a, if you're in an office, you see the ghost of a million meetings on the whiteboard. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man, as if you're a Colombo coming and says, sure. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a big fan of... When did you talk about <laughs> So, yeah, I've been watching quite a bit of... I've had a Colombo revival yeah. just lately. I love Colombo so much. But, you know, there are things you love so much mm. that you neglect them. Hi, guys, you listening? <laughs> and um, that was it. I loved Colombo, but I've got the complete box set of all these series. So I thought, it's always there, Colombo. And then I was in on my own. And I'd just flick through the... You know, there's never anything on telly you want to watch, ever. 
And there was Colombo, and I thought, I'll have a look at that. And it just instantly, I thought, yes. I, this is why I was obsessed with Colombo all those years. I had to feel bath. it immediately. <laughs> Brilliant. Was Absolutely. it lots of, and I suspect it was uh, lots of actors who had, hadn't had their teeth done. And I always find that quite comforting. I know, yes, those were the days. Now all we've got is Mary Beard and Simon Sharma and me. <laughs> Those are the only true, um, real, allowed to decay teeth. As the Roman ruins in Britain were allowed to decay <laughs> after their exit. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Um, Frank, also, just quickly, um, Gareth Hughes has been in touch. He was very excited because there was something trending this week on okay. social media. What's the most underrated British comedy series? Um, it won't be Shane. <laughs> well, a couple of people have said they think that should be Shane. I think Shane was uh, mentioned by a few people. I think it was underrated, but accurately. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding Columbo, <clears throat> yeah, I became aware the other day of uh, the the classic. Uh, let's release a tie-in book with this long-running TV show. Oh yeah, and you know, let's not always ensure that it's of maximum quality. But I've, I'm very excited by this. I came across it the other day. Cooking with Columbo. Oh, fantastic. Italian oh. cookery. No, colon. Oh. Suppers with the shambling sleuth. But oh. yeah, I like that. The I shambling like that. sleuth. It's, it's very good. It's episode guides and you get a recipe from, from Columbo, but also the guest stars. Well, I learned uh, a culinary technique from Columbo. What? Because he... Oh, really? but, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, in real life. Oh, yeah. I um, No, not in real life, from, from the programme. <laughs> he went into a place and he had chilli. And, of course, I always thought chilli came with rice, but he had it just a bowl of chilli. Yeah. And he did that thing, which I have since done, totally on his inspiration, his crumbled crackers <laughs> mm -hmm. onto the top totally of the chilli. Texas style. Yeah. Someone, um, I, someone I worked with said, if we could get you anything for an end of series present, what would it be? And I said, oh. I'd like a signed photograph of Peter Falk as Colombo. Oh. And uh, they got me. They contacted his agent and all that. But, and he signed it in block capitals. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I, obviously I said, all right, no need to shout. But <laughs> it's not... I wasn't convinced. Has he got that, a glass eye, though? Is that yes, why? he does. All right, bring that up. <laughs> well, I told you, I once had a, a debate on stage with David Baddiel about that. Did you? Because he said Colombo's got a glass eye. And I said, I'm not sure Colombo has got a glass eye. I think Peter Fox got a glass eye that plays a real eye in the series. <laughs> but someone wrote to this show and said, no, there's, um, um, there's a moment in Colombo when he says, like, I'll keep an eye on that. Um, and it'll have to be one or something like that. Uh, so Colombo does have a glass eye as well. Oh, God. I'm glad we've cleared that up. In does the, the glass eye still Is the glass eye still exist as a phenomenon? Um, Could I get a glass eye on the National Health Service? Surely. OK. Surely. I told you, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> you sound very confident, Yeah. I, I can't imagine they'll turn you down. Here's my... Um, Christmas? Hold it. My, my Iggy Pop fact has right. arrived. Okay. Um, this is about Lost for Life. Released in the 70s, yeah. but got most exposure in the 90s on the train spotting movie. 
Oh, is that so lime? So lime. Does he still? Is I he mean, st- that's pretty generally. <laughs> is right. he still sans top, Iggy Pop? Very. I tell you, what, he's very long trunked. Oh, the trunk mm. of the man! I saw him. Um, I've seen him live a few times, but the last time I saw him live. Um, from the angle I was at, mm. he looked like a... You know when a jack-in-the-box comes out and it's on its yeah. spring? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I, I hard relate with Iggy, because I have a long trunk. Do you? Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's... I think yeah, our similarities end there, pretty much. OK. But it is tricky with clothing. You have to be careful. And all I'm saying is, would I wear a low-slung leather pant and nothing else? Probably not. Well, that's probably good this weather. <laughs> but a crop top, a crop we top. We come ma- into our own then. Yeah, a crop top make, makes its own um, abyss. <laughs> it can be it can be stroking the belt, or it can be ab- above the navel. That's a crop true. top, um, yeah, as an as a an certain independence. You find you find the measure of someone when they crop their top. Yeah, you do, but it, yeah. that really gives you. Uh, we have a lot you, of we have a lot of real estate when we get mm, the crop top out. Yeah. Can I ask a final question? Um, does Iggy, I'm imagining he favours a black platform trainer in the sort of Rolling Stones mode. No, I think of him in a, a sort of a leather boot with the jeans, usually. That's horrible. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, I saw him live at Birmingham when he sat on a dustbin and did a couple of numbers, and it was brilliant. Like, Top Cat had got a cool cousin <laughs> who'd come over to, from Milwaukee. <laughs> Frank, I would mm. like to formally thank you for my wonderful Christmas present, which you gave me this morning. It was, uh, I mean, very simply, it's Brian Blessed's autobiography, <laughs> and it's go. called Absolute Pandemonium. <laughs> yes. Which I would love him to do that show. I'd love him to mm. do that, yeah, that would be a great show on here. And then what he's, <laughs> what he's done, i tell you what Brian's done, what he's done... He's, some might say rather unnecessarily, he's got a little subtitle. Yes. And he's put in, uh, obviously in block in caps, block caps, my louder than life story. Well, I, as I said, I wondered if the whole book might be in block capitals <laughs> to suggest shouting. But um, he, he hasn't done that. He's gone lowercase. There's nothing lowercase about Brian Blessed, is there? No. I'm, I'm so excited. Some of the pictures, I mean, there are some fabulous, a lot of Mark Antony with a lot of makeup, heavy theatre makeup on. Oh, fabulous. Um, it's going to be good. Thank you so much. Mon pleasure. Meanwhile, <clears throat> I, uh, I turned to get the title of my book, but the philosophy of, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a Bob Dylan book about mm. philosophy of modern song. I can't see the title yeah. for me. It was one of those great moments when I saw it in a shop and I thought I'm going to treat myself to that and I didn't get it and then someone has bought it for me. Resolta Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. You know what? This happens to me. You might not know about this, Pierre, unless it came up in the van. But um, every now and again, I am struck as if anew by the fact... It's always test cricket. I got up a couple of days ago and uh, Test Cricket, live from Pakistan, was on my television. And I have this, I would say to my partner, what about that? 
Actually, that's actually happening in Pakistan now. We can see it here. And look, and I, this time I, I embroidered it. I said, and look, there's snow outside. <laughs> and we can see what's happening in Pakistan. And it really, I'm not, it really excites me. Oh, I'm so Exhilar- I'm going to say exhilarates. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's, Bringing that old catchphrase back. <laughs> that I do believe it, wasn't it? Oh, yes, was it? Um, I um, I had another realisation this week. Mm. I went to Ryman's, which is one of my favourite days out. Mm. Where else did you go, B. Japs? Nineteen seventy-two. Uh, <coughs> did you go to? I love stationery, though, and in all its manifestations. Mm. And I bought. Um, they had some big four colours originals. Sure. Now, you know the ones I mean, the the, the biro <laughs> with a slide, so you can write. Now, I do a lot of colour coding in my stand-up writing, so I'll write in black, and then I'll go through and underline some stuff in blue, and then some stuff gets red. Mm. Hang on, what do you mean with a slide? You are, So you've got four colours in the same pen. Yeah. yeah. You must remember this, oh, baby. Oh, Yes. Yeah. And I saw this thing. There was a three-pack, I'll be straight with you. And I thought, hold on, I could, I could just have one pen in my pocket instead of having to have a black one, a blue one, and a mm. red one. And I've got green as a as a bonus. And it was like a moment of, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and thought of that. So I bought a three pack, and it had uh, it had two um, big four color originals. And one I haven't even tried yet, because I'm so excited, I don't want to rush you. A big four-collar pro. Oh. What does that do? What does that do? No training wheels on thought, this pen. Thought <laughs> this baby. Maybe I just think green, and it, I, the slide slowly goes down. Oh. But what does the pro do that the um, original doesn't do? Are you ready for the pro, though? Do you think? Well, when do I try the pro? I'm putting it off and putting it off. <laughs> Build a day of recovery. And it's black, the pro. Is it? Yeah, it's like a night. What sort of nib size are we talking? What nib size are we talking? Nib. <laughs> nib? Have you mistaken me for Charles Dickens? <laughs> the biro. Sorry, so do you dispense with the ball? It's a ball. Concept it by a, it's a ball operator. <laughs> it's a ball, but I would still call the tip the nib. Are we are not allowed to refuse no, nib? No, 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 it's not a nib. <laughs> um, just standard. I don't know what it is on the pro. It might flare out into like a you know those you know those brushes that you see jazz drummers using. It might have something like. Who knows what the pro will be? I'm, I'll, I'll have to tell you after the holidays. If I've if I've if I've dared to try it by then, I'm really expecting. If anyone, if, if, if there's a stationary enthusiast who knows what the uh, big four color pro does that the big four color original does, and I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to have my um, joy anticipated. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. And this morning's texting. Don't forget. Do you eat the butter ceiling on pate? <laughs> um, so. I um, perhaps I should clarify that. No, no. Joe, no pun intended. Um, I was, um, as I say, it's hamper season, and I've I've got a fine pate, a smoked salmon pate, mm. and it's got a butter ceiling. Mm-hmm. So the top mm. 
two millimetres at least yes. is just rock solid butter that you have to break through. Yeah. It's kind of like a sort of Dolph Lundgren flat top mm. in the Rocky films, yes. you recall. But would... Drago? And, as, I and find, as high in protein. I, oh. I find it too much, so oh. I, I discard the butter ceiling. What do you mean you cut it off? I break through it as if I was uh, an Inuit-seeking fish. Yes. And then um, I scoop it out and take that off and just get stuck into the squidgy. Scoop pate. It's all a bit haphazard. I can't eat solid, a sheet of butter. I mean, for God's sake. <laughs> Does it make I, you who feel... Who am I, Robert Carrier? <laughs> I mean, it's not... It's Robert not... Carrier, when I was um, living in a council house... I used to watch this film called Food, this program called Food, Wine and Friends, which was so far from my <laughs> own life. It's not a name for a program. If it Food, had been, Wine and Friends. If it had been coming from Mars, it could not have been more alien to me. Robert Carrier would say, yes, so I'm going to make... Um, a and and then he would you'd see him going to the airport. He would go to France to get some herbs from a field, and what? then he'd come back. Right. And then Susan Hampshire would visit. Yeah, and uh, and it sounded uh, describing my childhood so yes. far. <laughs> and uh, and he would cook her a meal, and that was food, wine, and friends. Okay. I was fascinated by it, but I can't. There can't be two things happening on Earth that are more different than my life at the time than his. But, um, so did God you, bless him. So the pate, Pierre, how would you approach the... Uh, what are you calling it, Frank? The head, the... I'm calling it the butter ceiling. The butter yeah. ceiling. How would you approach the butter ceiling? I think I'd have to try, do my best to incorporate it. Oh, uh, would you? Wild. Yes, you're quite a forager. Yeah, but I don't yeah. want my smoked salmon pâtés to be like a rocky road Ben and Jerry's. With <laughs> <laughs> chunks of brittle butter instead of dime bars. Do you know, Ben and Jerry's is the, the lush of the ice cream world. Is it? Is it? Is well, it, that's just, is you it know, I, you I know thought that, it was the... No, no. I just mean there's a lot in there. Oh, yeah. And lush, mm. I always say, I don't want my soap to have bacon and egg in it or whatever no. they put in there. And I find that a bit with Ben and Jerry's. I wish them well, lovely work they're doing, but come on, I don't throw sardines in the TV and the ice cream. Just, I just want ice cream. Yeah. Well, I remember having to uh, explain to a, a girlfriend that the scratches on my back were from my um, sandalwood and hazelnut soap. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. I had some toffee beer this week. What's that? <laughs> toffee beer is the Harry Potter phenomenon butter beer. Homemade if you can't get butterscotch essence and you can only get toffee. Mm. That's what it is. Okay. And I, I'm a, I don't know if you've ever tried butter beer, the Harry Potter drink. No. It is so good. I can't believe that Harry Potter Inc., which mm-hmm. don't feel like an organisation who are loath to make money yeah. and, and, and expand fiscally, haven't put it in every corner shop, basically. Mm. So it's really nice. But I've now, now that I've seen it... Um, reduced to a recipe 
Mm. I realised it's basically a drink that was very commonplace when I was a kid called American Ice Cream Soda. And it's that with just a little bit of butterscotch in it. Done. Ah. Yeah. I went to the Harry Potter shop in um, in uh, King's Cross this weekend. Did you stop for a quick photo next to the wall holding the trolley or not? I didn't. I've, I've, uh, no, I didn't do that. There was a large queue for that, <laughs> to hold that trolley. But I would say it's probably the most expensive shop in the world. Harrods <laughs> <laughs> yes. has nothing on the Harrods. No, it's shop. incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely. Even more so than uh, your other old favourite, the M&M. Yeah, but the M&M is, is basically free compared to the Harry Potter shop. Is it? Is there an alarm in J.K. Rowling's house that will eventually go off and say, enough, <laughs> and she'll say, oh, that's it, relax. Let's drop the part, drop the price. It's unbelievable. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I said on here before, I've been established both by a questionnaire and by random dice throwing as a member of Ravenclaw House. Mm. OK. And I thought I'll get a badge. I'll just get a little tiny lapel badge. Yeah, so- Support the troops. Seven ninety nine. Yes, yes. Mm. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Must be. Is there some mistake? <laughs> For a badge. It's um, a badge. You know, and I love Harry Potter. I, the, you know, I've read the books to my kid. He's seen all the films. It's it, what it it means a tremendous amount to a lot of people. Not but to me. It doesn't but it mean does that mean... much. <laughs> well, I do remember. I saw the first film with you, Frank. Oh yes, we went. We went to the premiere last, together. Last, oh. First and last time I've ever. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I remember Jonathan Ross coming and taking our wands because he said you won't need those because you don't have children. <laughs> So that was uh, yeah, brutal. I thought fairly brutal. As he jammed them into his back pocket. He really had like a, he had a sack of ones. Yeah, like his kids ever saw those ones. Oh my God, he could have taken on he who shall not be named and, and not be troubled by it. But uh, yeah, that was a free Harry Potter thing. <laughs> those were the days. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Mm. I've just had a request in for you. Oh, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe it should be safe for all fair. It's a, it's a request, but I think you might feel all right about this. We'll soon find out. Okay. Um, Frank would like to speak with uh, Terry Butcher today. Pardon? Would you like to chat with Terry Butcher today? No. <laughs> um, why? About his, it's about the three lions. Oh, look, let's just pretend three lions never happened. <laughs> I know, I know, Frank. I know. I can't, can't even think about it anymore. <laughs> I put the curse on Harry. I said I described Harry Kane as the yep. best striker in the world on this show last week. Oh. And that very night he missed a penalty. Oh, Frank. Poor Harry. I know, I know. Still the best striker in the world. I would agree with that. Can I say I'm feeling a bit sort of bony today? I've been ill, lost a bit of weight. Mm. So I've put um, 
to sit on, I've used the envelope from Emily's Christmas card, which is such an expensive envelope, it's cushioned. Well, that's why that your your hair scrapes the ceiling yeah. this morning. I might take it back for my dog to go in its basket. Pierre, I came in this morning, Pessel. I've heard about your envelope. Yes. They are, they, honestly... This I'm is just, my normal greeting to anyone. Let's see if I can get them to sponge on my... Yeah. yeah. Gosh. There's, oh, that's, that's an envelope with tog, isn't it? This oh, is man. Yeah, I wonder what tog it is. Winter rating <laughs> We'll have 30. to ask uh, Smythesons, who obviously I don't get a discount from, because no one gets a discount from these people. The card was a bit toasty when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that. Have we had any news on, um, I don't know what we've been talking about, stationery, well, the butter ceiling? There's yeah. so much going on. OK. We have... Some news on uh, Clive Silas regarding the butter ceiling. Mm -hmm. Until now, I thought that was just pure fat. Hashtag idiotic eureka moment live. Well, I'm guessing, but it's very yellow and uh, I, I, I think it's butter. I must admit, I did. Uh, there was a phase where I just thought, oh, they're sort of as they mix it, it rises to the top <laughs> and it forms this naturally. How marvellous. Mm. I like the idea of that phase in your life. Very naive, young man. <laughs> I think I it's you, butter ceiling. <laughs> i tell you what it is. Uh... It's to preserve... Is that what women in the dairy industry talk about, the butter yes. ceiling? <laughs> it's essentially to... It's like aspic, isn't it? So it's to preserve the pate mm. for longer. You can eat it. Of course you can cut it off. I wouldn't advise it in company, but if that's how you choose to behave, so be it. Well, I, like I say, I took it out more or less wholesale. Yeah. Um, like like an Inuit would cut a, a hole in in ice like that. Yeah. And and I've 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 finished the pate now, and I've ended up with one of those jars, what I call a grolsch jar. Mm. Oh, it's got a bit yeah. of a grolsch um, fastener, yeah. and it always seems wrong to throw them away because I don't know. I imagine them in a shed with screws in them, even though that will never happen in my life. Yes, mm. um, but it's hard to throw away one of those with the grolsch fastener. You feel you're doing something wrong. But what, what, what can I put in it? Uh, just more pate, I think, is the, pro is the problem. <laughs> but it comes in its own jar. Well, that's it. Use it as uh, some lovely rosemary. Can you get packet? Yeah, packet um, pate that you then decant in a sort of like a like an like an icing uh, squeezer. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> like the idea of a. No. Don't like the idea of a dock coming through a nozzle. You have to have <laughs> some sort of respect for the dead. A, a duck piping. No, that exactly. That that just seemed wrong. <laughs> to me, I think I know they're gone, but you know. They're gone. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're talking about uh, a number of things this morning. Can I say that the studio's just exploded? That um, yeah. Faye has brought in a cake that I would be happy to buy from um, any fancy baker. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, incredible, which she's made. And then Molly has made some reindeer biscuits um, using pretzels for antlers. I mean, that's clever. It's turned into some random bake-off. <laughs> that is clever. So, yeah, we really are. And, and, and Sarah got us all a chocolate Santa. If if it snows now and it's 20 foot high, we could live for four days. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, looking at the Santa, without wishing to body shame Santa, mm. um, 
I've got to be honest, I think Santa... He's differently proportioned to myself and Iggy Pop, mm. but I do think what he has in common with us, he's got a slightly wider girth, let's be honest. Well, he, mm. but, but I think the um, the torso, he looks quite long-torsoed, Frank. Mm. For the chimney. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is, Pierre? <laughs> so he can sort of manoeuvre himself through various... Uh... Yeah, I have to say, yes, he's he's very light on hips. Yes, <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like a chimney dweller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel that he's straining to keep his belt up because there's no there's no shape underneath. No, I don't like the way. I mean, obviously you can't see, but mine the the bell is hanging at the front <laughs> I, in I a way. I don't like which, the positioning. No, yeah. I don't like the bell there. Okay, what I would say is he hasn't got an awful lot of junk in the trunk. No. It's less. Um, but you um, can't afford that. I mean, I know he's often portrayed as fat, but if you're if you're uh, take the chimney way into homes, mm. you can't afford to get too rotund. No, his his belly's less like a big bowl full of jelly and more like a sort of ramekin of jelly. I guess if you saw him in the summer, he's probably a big bloke, and then he goes into a sort of a hardcore training <laughs> boot camp, oh. Rocky montage in the snow. Does black, he do black, some black boot with white fur top cap? <laughs> camp. Does he do a sort of Mark Wahlberg set the alarm for three a.m.? You know yeah. that thing that act, <laughs> actors think make them brilliant actors when you lose or gain weight very quickly, as if that oh man, what a brilliant actor who's lost three stones. In two months, fantastic! Yeah. Well, the Slimmer of the Year then should be in for an Oscar <laughs> nomination. I tell you, he's a big fan of that uh, McConaughey. Yeah. Oh, McConaughey Ooh. loves a bit of Weight Watchers. But they really think that makes... And the thing that makes me angriest of all, there's so many ugly, ugly people out of work, and then you get beautiful <laughs> actresses and yeah. actors who put a pair of glasses and some false teeth on and pad themselves yeah. out and take work that ugly people should be getting. It's like with Colin Farrell playing the penguin. It's outrageous. There's a fat little man out there yeah. with a penguin-like face yeah. who can't pay his mortgage because handsome, handsome Colin Farrell. Know, as if they're not getting enough... Yeah. Um, it's really yeah. wrong. You're right. Poor old character. I mean, they used to have a... Ugly they, face, I call it. <laughs> they used to be... You're right, the character actor. Yeah. I mean... The death of the character actor. Yeah, I, I find, find it really it was, resentful, the big yeah. false nose and all that. It was, a, it was a reason not to moisturise. Don't do ugly <laughs> tourism. We're not having yeah. it. Yeah, no. Okay? If you've got to live, you've got to walk the walk. If you're yeah. going to be an ugly actor, you've got to be an ugly actor in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> Craggly, lined face. Yeah. How dare you? Features. <laughs> <laughs> fat, fat actors watching thin actors put on force down to play a part. I mean, <laughs> smash their faces in if I put hold of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to stop. I bet that's for a New Year's resolution for Hollywood. Well, speaking of weight gain, Chris Walker gets in touch regarding the butter ceiling. Oh, yeah. And says, scrape off butter, spread on hot toast, and it will melt. Then top with the pate, boing, boing. What, it all comes in... It's a sort of a sandwich boing, kit. Yeah. Well, they should have put some boing. toast in there and gotten a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. toast layer, like, a, like it's a horrible savoury trifle. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> oh, God, a savoury... <laughs> a savoury trifle. <laughs> Lovely. I remember someone wrote to the show in the very early days and said they liked to microwave their pork pie so that the jelly melted and when they took the roof off the pork pie it looked like a meat based coke float (laughs) good night
Where's we, uh, Pierre? Pierre has just arrived. <laughs> He's just uh, the what? trap wasn't locked. Oh, don't ask. Oh, did you go? Oh. I think if you're away for more than a whole track, you don't want to ask. Oh really? That, that's some. That's going to be like open heart surgery. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me if Pierre did a bit of that mid sort. I mean, he's got that in his game. He's probably just done a podcast. Yeah, he's done three. He's yeah. 100% absent. <laughs> oh, he did that. <laughs> did we get any big yes. um, four-colour pro news? We did. we did. We've had Diane K. Sharp. Oh, I like, I like the sound of Diane K. Sharp. <laughs> Looks like a fellow big four-colour aficionado in people... In Peter Piper, the pro seems to be all about the grip. And what oh. Diane K. Sharp has included is a screen grab of an Amazon review. She's gone in quite deep, Diane good K. Old, Sharp. Good old Diane. Yeah, I, I, who would you say was the uh, most prominent uh, central initial people of the, of the age. Oh, lovely. It's died out a bit, hasn't it? Do you remember William G. Stewart, who, yes. uh, who used to host 15 to 1? <laughs> Why bother with that? You tend to get the sort of the middle names or middle initials with sort of assassins and serial killers in America. Oh, it's terrible, uh, but it's true. Yeah. Of course Lee, you Lee do. Lee Harvey Oswald. And... Yeah, but he wasn't yeah, Lee but H. Oswald. The, he wasn't Lee H. Oswald. <laughs> to his friends. <laughs> yeah, on his, on his tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> Lee H. Yeah. Hey, Lee H. How's it going? Ah, uh, busy. And then you get the guys. What about those guys that go initial first of all? F. Scott yeah. Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. What about, um, was there a Murray Abraham, something Murray Abraham, the Amadeus actor? Oh, yeah. Was, I'm was sure he was in an Did he have an F? F? Was he F. Murray Abraham? He might have been, or that yeah. could have just been graffiti on his uh, Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't know. I love a first Who does initial. it now? Does Will I Am count? Because um, <laughs> he's very complicated. There's all Will, sorts of punctuation. William going. Ignatius Am. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where, where I Will I Am. where it started generally was with your writers. It was a novelist's mm. conceit, wasn't it? Your G.K. Chestertons. We have all sorts of them, don't we? A.A. Mills. P.G. Woodhouse. They were the... Thank you. They were the only people. It was very much their manner. But I'm on about... Even those, those double initials. I'm on about someone who's called... Has got a middle. <laughs> yeah, I know. William H. Macy. Lovely. Who's that? The actor from Fargo. You oh. know him. He's got quite, go- quite goggle eyes. My favourite, just the, the solitary initial, is H. Samuel. <laughs> I love... Who thought... That's a bloke who started off in quite a narrow shop, isn't he? <laughs> and thought, I can't get... I can't get um, Hiram on there. I'm just going to go H. Samuel. I mean, what... I, I love that. That's fabulously minimalist. It's the mystery of it. I know, I like I, if I sign a lot of stuff, I sign a Skinner for that. It's well, a tribute, what about when I got tribute the... Tribute to H. Samuel. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We were talking... Okay. We were talking... Uh, we were talking... About Big Ken's. Yeah. And Diane K. Sharp yes. has shared with us... Not Diane K. Sharpie. <laughs> no. Our pen expert. She should be. Diane K. Sharp has shared with us a screen grab of an Amazon review. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long and wet. 
Well, this is from... It's an Amazon review. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, you didn't go Bezos. You no. went the, the original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is from Peter Piper. Who's okay. a, I would describe him as a, a pen fanatic. <laughs> yeah. Back to all those pickled peppers. Well, I'll tell he you bit, what. He bicked. What uh, I like is a, Peter a, Piper <laughs> has in parenthesis next to his name on the review, top 500 reviewer. Ooh. Oh. Oh, God, I don't think I'll bring it up. <laughs> top 500. That's like in Blackpool, Blackpool Tower, they got a thing saying the... 122nd tallest freestanding tower in the world. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to be fair to PP, this might have been Amazon that did this. I mean, okay. it, it, might not, it might not be his he work. Might have a, he might have what they used to call, when I was growing up, a certificate. <laughs> oh, he might have a certificate. <laughs> so Peter Piper hmm. says uh, big four-colour pens have their fans. Yeah. But also, some people who find them a bit too thick or slippery to hold. Mm. Personally, I'm a big fan of these pens and have been since I first used them at school in the late 1970s. Bit got the design right first time, but the pens have evolved over the years to add new colours, fine writing tips and soft grips, not to mention the various barrel colour options. Pardon? Barrel colour. Oh, barrel, options. okay. These pro pens, in quote Oh, marks, here we go. We're into pro, pro territory. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the level of excitement on your face. Well, when I, I want to know pro, what it's, what's the we're pro to, These pro pens will delight many big fans mm. and might even convert a few of the people who don't like big four colour pens due to their very comfortable contoured soft feel grip oh so it's, it's all about grip i'm not getting any extra it's not thought transference uh, sliding performance is good and they last well okay yeah. okay well i mean i've got one now yeah so um I, I thought it was very noble at the start of that review for him to say they've got their fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> these kinds of pens yeah, big fans. I mean, who who knew they were out there? Well, we've learned something as well. Well, I have because the barrel, the barrel is not. A, it's not a word I would have associated with the pen. No, but you know, he's got a point. If you're if you're a bit clammy, mm-hmm. it's a very gloss barrel. You can find yeah. yourself slipping all over the place. <laughs> In terms of also the middle initial characters, yes, we've had a few sent through. Um, Ruth Jordan sent through. Donald J. Trump, middle initials, but you're not counting that? generally called that, is he? We've had one we will count, I think, from uh, the show's very own Daisy Knight. Oh, Daisy Knight, our former producer. Yes. And now, um, Overgruppenführer. Pick your part. I think that's her official title. <laughs> um, she's very, very high, high up now. Daisy Knight, I think this is great work from DK. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, of course. Mm. Of course. You nailed it. You forget him at your peril. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I thought, when the name came up, a kangaroo jumped across my consciousness as if it had left the front of his kangal. <laughs> oh, who's the gonzo journalist? On to S. Thompson. There I thought we he are. was there. Well, we're on an absolute <laughs> roll now. We're, just out of the respect to our listeners, we'll do most of it off air. <laughs> Frank, may I briefly just... I feel I have to tell you this. Steve Aldcroft has sent in an image of someone which I think will be very dear to your heart. 
In terms of the middle initial, there might okay. be a hero of yours that you may have somewhat overlooked. Okay. I will kick you off, E for Edward. He is someone whose music is quite polarising. Oh, I was, gonna, I was thinking A.E. Houseman, I think he's... He's no longer with us, sadly. OK. Um, I think you may have met him. And one of my favourite of his output is uh, Spoilt Victorian Child. Of course, Marky oh, Smith. Oh, God, how could I have forgotten that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Of course. Uh, what about Anton D. Beck? <laughs> <laughs> And AJ Ratcliffe finally says special mention for George R.R. R. Martin, oh, who decided yeah. one initial wasn't enough. Yeah, he um, decided to take a sort of, sort of a posh laugh as a middle <laughs> name. George R.R. <laughs> Martin. Yeah. Yes. What no. does the R and the R stand for? Um, rock and roll, I think. Oh, I think he's the like, grandfather yeah. of Ned Rock and Roll who <laughs> went out with um, Kate Winslet. Married her, I believe. Did, oh, did he marry her? she married him. Oh, uh, Mrs. Yeah. Rock and Roll. Mm. Oh, well, that's a good thing. What does the RR stand for in... Uh, I think, what do you think? Is it George R.R. R. Martin? It is. Yeah. So it was, did he do it to distinguish himself from the Beatles producer? I mean, I can't imagine there'd be much confusion because... Well, George Martin, pretty famous. Well, that's what I mean, but George R.R. Martin, the the Beatles producer wasn't, as far as I'm aware, fond of what... Didn't have a long beard and wore the caps and the purple waistcoats with moon, sun and stars on them. But you can imagine, George, R.R. Martin starting out and thinking, I don't want people (laughs) to think I'm that guy who did. I have a suspicion that it was some canny marketing on the part of Mr. Martin thinking, you know, do you know what... fantasy authors tend to sound like you've got Tolkien and Rowling we've got to get some initials in here okay yeah some of that subliminal recognition like Ian M Banks mm. yes he's mm. come up a few times as has Harry H Corbett well of course Ian M Banks when he wrote what I would call um, non sci-fi mm. it was Ian Banks and then when he wrote sci-fi it was Ian M Banks so he sort of distinguished the two okay and of course J.K. Rowling has also got um Another initial thing, Galbraith. Yes, yes. <sighs> I think with the authors, though, we have to accept. You know, we can't. These these authors are a law unto themselves, and yeah. they they will do that. But the celebrities in the entertainment field, it is more of a rarity. It, the politics, the people have been sending in a lot of um, yeah. presidents. John F. Kennedy. Mm. Yeah, Harry yeah, S. Maybe Truman. We should, yeah. Maybe we should limit it to yeah. show business. Yeah. I show think we should. We've got to be strict about this. Yeah. Can we also please discuss something which I thought was massively up your strata? Mm. Oh, I saw this. I thought of you. Do you know what I'm talking about, Pierre? It involves Lego. Ah, yes. And the Nazarene. Yeah. Oh, the Lego church. Did you see? Oh, do you know, Frank, I really felt happy for you. A font made of actual Lego. Well, I've never felt, I think, more of a shortfall between a headline and an actual body of text. (laughs) (laughs) Because when it said Lego church does first baptism, Um. I imagined, do you know the Ice Hotel? Yes. (laughs) I imagined the church completely constructed of yep. Lego and I thought wow that's yeah. going to be incredible ideally in Denmark well, yeah. where Lego is from is that, is that the home of Lego yeah, yeah. oh yeah and um, I have to say the baptism was more that someone had made a square frame out of Lego and put a bowl in the middle of it 
Oh no! I, I had questions about the uh, waterproofness as a, as someone who tried to use Lego to hold water as a child. Did you? It doesn't hold water. What were you really making? Or some sort of go- Lego goblet? Even if you put it on one of its pimply platforms, uh, it'll, yeah. it, it, water will bead readily on the surface oh, of Lego. But when you it? want to make a moat. Or some oh. sort of body of water. We'll, we'll, we'll delve into this. I mean, it's a Church of England thing, so it's not exactly my area. <laughs> <laughs> Lego, seems, Lego seems to be um, on trend for Church of England. I thought, they, yeah. thought there'd be more stickle bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Anyway, this is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean, uh, Pierre Novelli and Josh Whittacombe, who just gone past. Uh, you can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. I had a breath. Where's me inhaler? Email, email, email. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. There's an argument for email because there's E other things. Yeah. I mean, I miss the e-cigarette terminology. Vape is an (laughs) ugly word. Oh. The e-cigarette. What about that man I went out with, Frank, who's turned into a vape billionaire? Is that right? Yeah. Really? Wow. I'm actually quite proud of that. He he was very early to the market. A friend of mine growing up in North London, and we became more than friends briefly. Who would have predicted the the vape boom? (laughs) Um, Just think, I could be living in an e-cig mansion. You could be you living, could, yeah. living oh. on a, a cotton candy-flavoured cloud. <laughs> Do you think they have anything in the house? It's a sort of an homage to how the fortune was built. I think he enters the, <laughs> he enters the room like on... Um, Start in the right. <laughs> Comes through a cloud of vape. What I do, if I was the wife of the e-cig millionaire, but billionaire, I would... I don't know if he's quite billionaire, but, you know, he's doing well for himself. I'd have a thing where when you press the bell, there would be a cloud of smoke for every guest that entered the house. Yeah. Even rental. I'd go into Bob Marley's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd, wow, it never occurred to me there's such a thing as a vape millionaire. Oh, he's See, if they'd start with the e-cigarette... An e-millionaire sounds even better, I think. That's true. And it'd be nice in 100 years when someone very, very posh can walk down a flight of stairs in a stately home and say, of course, the family money comes from uh, vaping, the vape trade. Yeah. Yes, oh, I love no, I that. Like, I don't like the vaping thing. <laughs> oh, well, well. I think I'm bitter because I had a joke about e-cigarettes, which I, when I wrote it, thought, this is such a great joke. I'm so proud of this. I don't think it ever got a laugh. And then I was saying, I've got an e- I smoke an e-cigarette unless I'm feeling a bit melancholy and bittersweet. And then I smoke an e-minor cigarette. Oh. And it, I think it was too much for people. They didn't want to hear it. you say it. too much? They didn't want to hear it. I like it. the fact that you don't, don't acknowledge that maybe they didn't find it funny. It's too no, much they didn't for their find, small minds. No, they didn't minds. find it funny. Um, okay, okay. I'm not saying they have small minds. <laughs> their minds the size as my, same size as mine. It's just not as well stocked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let anyway. us not forget what were we talking about the uh, the Lego baptism. The Lego baptism, which is yep. to say, a normal baptism conducted through a, nominally a sort of Lego font. Yeah, but not really a Lego font. No, well, that, I was disappointed about that. I thought that I, I was picturing a, a, a baby sort of being baptized quite rapidly before the water sort of yeah. fizzled out mm, of the. That, but gaps you could in the do bricks. that. It's a fairly swift business. The uh, 
Yeah. I mean, how long before we're on here discussing the first Lego burial? Mm. <laughs> Which, uh, that, you see, I think you'd have a better chance with, wouldn't you? Ashes to ashes, bricks to bricks. Yeah. <laughs> but you probably could construct a Lego casket. Yeah. There's got to be some eccentric Dane who's done that. Oh, I must. Bet, yeah. The I mean, not what the eccentric d- Dane. But what I you mean, do? I, I don't think that's. I don't <laughs> see that in a production of Hamlet. Right? But what you don't want is grave robbers turning up with a big orange lever. <laughs> thing. <laughs> with Lego grandpa hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Now, Frank, did you see the title of the church man who was overseeing the Lego baptism? No. The Reverend Prebendary. Oh, Stephen right. Stephen Cook. Okay, I don't know what Prebendary mean. I think I think that's a C of E thing. Mm. It's definitely a C of E thing. I, I looked what it up. What do you mean? It's his title. Oh. He's the Reverend Prebendary. There may oh. be other reverends, but only only oh. Stephen is Prebendary. Yeah. Okay, I, I I had a reverend once who I I'm not gonna I, I'll be totally. Don't like the sound of this. <laughs> no, was I, he was he Bendry or pre Bendry? He was Wandry. <laughs> oh, okay. He was uh, Bryce P. Wandry. That was his name. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the middle initial. It'd be yeah. good if he'd been a pre Bendry. Yeah. The pre pre. He should tell me. He wasn't someone try. I saw on a regular basis like Frank, but I he well, meant- he came into my life for practical purposes during a period when I needed his services. Fair enough. Well, I think I um when I read this, I remembered of an old priest we used to have in Bearwood when I lived back home in the West Midlands. Bearwood. And it? he said. Um, now I hear that St Mary's is doing a mass which they call a fun mass. <laughs> and there was a terrible pause and we all thought, oh no, he said, there'll be no fun here, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that. He was a fierce man. Frank, uh, just briefly, Domo, Russell T Davis. Oh, of course. It turns out, Frank, a lot of your my, Yeah, many of my heroes have, have got the middle thing. Yeah. yeah. And and also, let's not forget another of your heroes, Jack P. Shepherd, won the British Soap Award for Villain of the Year. I don't know Jack P. <laughs> Shepherd. I know Jack Shepherd, the highwayman, who I believe slam, he swam across, I can't remember which body of water it was, in manacles. Was that? And oh. made it. Oh, no, that was someone else. Who did. <laughs> yeah. Um... We're, whilst we're on the Lego church, then I don't want to diss. Look, it's great if it's getting people into the church. It's great, mm. but it's not a Lego church in the way that a chip shop is not made of chips. <laughs> <laughs> you go into a standard shop and there's chips in there. That's what it, that is the way in which it is a Lego church. Well, they've set up the, uh, this pair. Uh, sounded slightly judgmental and sinister this pair you know you yes. often hear criminals referred to in that way yes, I don't sure mean then. to do that I'm they sure sound then. lovely people and they've set up a Lego church in Devon okay. which the point of this is to encourage children to have an interest in um, sort of biblical matters through play I think the idea is that they recreate Bible stories oh. Um, oh, with in Lego, Lego Grandpa in Lego. With, with Lego, Lego Grandpa <laughs> would be Methuselah yes 
yeah. some, some Bible scenes much tougher to Lego than others. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. And also, you got to take oh. your Lego where you where you can get it. You know, you're liable to get uh, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, in, also- in a coat of many colours. <laughs> yeah. also, well, I don't want Moses with his little spanner hands clutching other tablets like that. No, yeah. that'd be, that me. would be, be fine. I think. <laughs> spanner hands on you know the those, tablets. You know those little thin. Um, um, little, those tiny little thin Lego bricks. Yes, he could I be holding two of those yeah. in his spanner hand. <laughs> Is it, I, yeah, these, I, brought, I brought the Braille ones <laughs> first. It was a, we'll get those done and then I'll go back for the hard copy. It was a Tim Burton film, wasn't it? Moses Spanner Hand? <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I'd watch it. <laughs> Um, we're in the Lego church, are we not? We are. We're in the world of Lego. We were talking earlier about... I was concerned about Moses's spanner hands. Mm. Frank pointed out uh, rather brilliantly Ooh. that the... What are you calling them, Frank? The flat Lego, Lego pieces could I, be used I, for tablets. I don't know what the, the term is, but there are grey, thin ones. The sort of thing sort of roof, do that they? you get covering the gap on a Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Very useful for walls, mm, I find. Yeah. Talking of the Millennium... I think that's generally true of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of the Millennium Falcon, mm. this is what worries me a bit about the biblical Lego. Mm. It all looks a bit suspiciously Jedi, mm. some of it, I think. Yes. It's a bit Tatooine, because they do, they do work for both, don't they? But I think the Jedi look is quite um, biblical, anyway. I think that's right. Lots of robes. Does this open the window, do you think, towards Lego blasphemy? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I, do I you, you know, is the Tatooine slash Nazarene, are they happy bedfellows? I, I, I think I'm, I'm okay with that, personally. Yeah. Okay. Um, you do get bearded um, Lego people. Yes, but yes. it's a bit more Bee Gees. Yes. Don't you find the the, the Lego beards are a bit um, more No, they skip. are a bit Barry, Barry Gibb. Gibb. sorry, yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? They don't get it quite right. Yeah. Do you know what no, would I look, think that's fair. A Lego crozier would be great. A full <laughs> bishop's crook crozier entirely in Lego. Is he taking Lego. Sure? Yeah, I don't... Um, you could make it very elaborate. For, for, you mean life-sized? Life-sized. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that working. I'm thinking, like... Um, N- N- the Ninjago guys as the evil brothers of Joseph. <laughs> yes, yes. One but of the Ninjago Legos, Jay, I think, has actually got that. You know that thing that people do with their eyebrow when they sort of cut a swathe through it? Oh, yes. Who's the uh, most famous? What one of the boys' own men did that? Shane, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's quite a popular thing, but I think it could be used. Um, the J figure could be used <laughs> when they tell the story of the parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Often, rarely do they use a Lego eyebrow as symbolism in that tale. I don't know why. Do you know what I would say? If you live in Lego world, it's not fair. If you're a fan of curves, you're in the wrong world. No, mm. I know. It's very Because the lines. people are very up and down. Yeah. You can get um, a sort of... I went to Legoland and I went to a class which talked about um, helter-skelter dynamics. Not helter-skelter. Oh, I was going to say. What's the things... Um, Piano. What's the, th- the thing? Roller coaster. Roller coaster dynamics. I was thinking you don't go on an emotional helter skelter unless it's real. <laughs> things are really bad. You, you do, probably. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, and they, they showed how to do that and how important friction is in the world of the... Uh, so they, had, they did have curved um, ramps. Uh, oh, cheating. Okay. Mm, no, well, I think it was a standard Lego oh, okay. um, stuff, yeah. Okay, so just is to read. We don't want to go lapsing into Lego City, the most boring aspect of Lego. No, no celebrities in it, no well known franchises, just people. Is it? Forget it. <laughs> Lego City. You're a real Lego glory hound. Yeah. I don't want to go Lego City. No. <laughs> Take me down to Lego City where everyone looks the same and they aim pretty. Ah, take me to Ninjago. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think that's going to be a release. No, I don't. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Firstly, lovely little uh, message for Faye, who's uh, her last show is today on our team. And this is from Keep Flying Real. OK. Good luck, Faye. We'll miss hearing your laughter in the background. Isn't that nice? Mm. I like that. Um, can we also... You've gone quiet. Is that, is that something I'm I just trying to work said? out whether it's a friend of Faye's. Is it <laughs> oh, a friend of yours? Oh, is? No. But what <laughs> I like is they've ended it with good luck on your next venture. It's okay. quite formal. Already started the next venture. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say where you're going, Faye, or do you rather not? You're allowed not? to say, yeah, she's saying you're allowed. She's working with um, a, a national hero, Gary Lineker, at his podcast company. What about oh. that? Free crisps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. And uh, free um, satellite reception through the years. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, um, she's got a very good job and well, do- well done, you. Frank, <laughs> can we go down to previously Ali? Oh, yes. Um, let me see what I've got here. <laughs> Under Milkwood reading about to begin. <laughs> Come here on, let's do something. Previously on this show. <laughs> oh, then let's put me flute down. <laughs> I don't think it was it flute. Anyway. So, you were talking, was it last week you were talking about uh, marshmallows? Yes, Alex. well, it was, um, we went through a whole, some, we had some very help, uh, helpful readers. I was talking about I'd had a tonics hamper. And uh, tonics, if you may know, tea cakes and stuff, they have a lot of variety, but I'd say that, that, that marshmallow is at the centre of their um, creativity. And I was debating what it was, and it turned out that mallow is an actual plant that you get this thing from, which did shock me. And then I said, well, so does it come from a marsh? Ha, ha, how funny I am. And the answer was yes. <laughs> it does come from the sides of rivers and stuff like that. And I say, you make marshmallow. Oh, um, which I was, I was blown away by that. Well, also, we've got some... Fur- well, we find that sausages come from bulrushes. <laughs> is that the next revelation? Yes. <laughs> it well, is? Well, well <laughs> you'd be surprised. Well, I've been, I haven't been surprised since the 80s. What would the bulrushes be in the Lego world? I'd like you two to think about that. Mm, OK. Um, after listening to the Totally Tunnocks podcast, I found myself... That's our show, by the way. That's not a podcast that exists in its own right called Totally Tunnocks. No. I found myself spending way too much time pondering the origin of Marshmallow and felt the need to investigate. And I would say Joanne has gone deep. 
Okay. It transpires that mallow, we love mallow, yes. was made by squeezing the sap from the mallow plant that okay. grew in the marshes of ancient Egypt and mixing it with honey. I didn't okay. know about the honey bit. No. And it was considered a treat for gods and royalty. So when you're tucking into your uh, totally talus... It feels like it's uh, a treat for gods and royalty. In many people's yeah. eyes, you are. It is like eating that, a Freddie. very sweet cloud. Oh. It, it, oh yeah, it's a beautiful. Is that why mummies, <laughs> mummies sort of mumble and are indistinct when they sort of come to life? Because they've got a mouthful of marshmallows. Um, I don't know that I've ever yeah, you're actually... So I've only got the accounts of mummies coming to life second-hand. Oh, really? You've I've never left. actually seen one. <laughs> That's why they have the outstretched hands. They head, in, head into a local confectioner. <laughs> Reaching into a big bowl. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, you're right. Well, how come, you're right, mummies are really inarticulate, and I've often wondered, yeah. is it because of the bandages, or were they? did they just not pay attention at school? What is going on there? Poor addiction. I mm. just think, um, I think death really takes it out of you. Yeah, but why do they make any noise? Why not be silent? Why go, mmm? Well, Muhammad Ali used to do a sort of stand-up routine about this, about <laughs> how anyone ever got caught <laughs> by a mummy when they just, you see, so they walk like this? How, you, how do they catch, how do they catch anyone? And he used to do a like, proper stand-up about it. It's quite decent material. You, yeah. would, you wouldn't heckle. No. No. No, maybe not. Can I say mummies? Very thick knees. I always feel a bit... Thick um, knees, the mummies, Frank. I, having met a few boxers, they must get really sick of people saying stuff like, well, obviously, we're not going to argue with you because people say light yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'd have to hit someone if I was a boxer. Okay. Wow. Okay. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Okay, so Felicity Taylor mm. has uh, sent through Richard E. Grant. Oh, oh yes. Lovely example. I should have got him as well, fellow um, forehead um, oh. dominated man. Oh, yes. <laughs> We used to go. I used to go around his house, and we used to show. Uh, we used to project our favourite movies onto each other's foreheads. <laughs> what a nightmare! Who else is in your gang? Who are the other four? Tweety Pie, uh, Mr. Lardy Dark, Gunner <laughs> Graham from an A and R Hot Mom. Can we mention it? Is this we can't. Still, okay, well, is I won't. Mr. Lardy Dark, Gunner Graham, still with us? I doubt it. I don't. I don't know if he is. No. I think he was more bald as well. Whereas me and Richard have kept our hair. We've just. Um, I don't know about him. I have to stand on a chair to comb the front of my hair. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't reach it. On the plus side, I think it makes <coughs> you both... It has youth-giving properties. Yes. OK? I think in a thousand years' time, everyone will look like me and Richard E. Grant. It's just an evolutionary really? process. Yeah. You see, you know, I have a theory that everyone... Once you hit 55, really, everyone, regardless of gender, mm. looks basically like Arthur Scargill. Mm. Yeah. And if you can just lean into that, you'll be okay. Okay. All right. Uh, we were in the previously section. Yeah. You were. Yeah, is there anything that particularly struck you? Yes, uh, regarding um, the, the great ampersand <laughs> oh, uh, yes. trial. I wonder how many people have <laughs> incorporated that into a Christmas game. 
surely. In case you didn't hear it last week, what you have to do is don't tell anyone, don't warn them up front, and then you say, right, you have to draw an ampersand from yeah. memory. Oh, honestly, it's like the, it's like the generation go. Ideally, you'd sort of pull out a revolver as you demand this as well. <laughs> draw well, an ampersand. We don't. We try not to encourage that on, here on apps. Or some sort of deer hunter. <laughs> yeah. Or as uh, we called it, I'm afraid at university with beer, the beer hunter. Oh, did you call yeah, it? Yeah. And we've used it with. We did cans of beer. I'm afraid. Oh, we used. I used to play the deer hunter theme on this show quite a bit. Do you, you remember? Do? I used to, like a, a, as if it was a letter <laughs> to Hunter. The uh, oh, I see. What was it called? That program, Gladiators. Mm. Gladiators ready? <laughs> Pardon. Well. I was just saying, lady, gladiators <laughs> ready. Anyway, look, we're near the end of the show. Oh. Um, were you about to say something, Pierre? Well, a, a short missive regarding ampersands from Keith. Go on, fire it out. Dear Frank, no one in my circle of friends would know what an ampersand is, and I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's someone who's happy with their lot. Yeah. I, re- I envy them that. We're actually off for two weeks now. But uh, don't worry, there'll be two best of podcasts for you to enjoy. There will be one sort of show, which will be a best of, but there'll be a podcast for each of the weeks, which is the best of this last year. Imagine how good that'll be. Mm. And um, so we come to the end. I have to say goodbye to our assistant producer, Faye, who is leaving us today, who we will miss very, very much, has been a very um, important contribution to the whole project and whose energy fills the whole building. Anyway people move on and we wish her very very well but she leaves with our love and best wishes and thank you uh, for listening to us this year and if the good lord spares us and the creeks don't rise we'll be back again this time (laughs) three weeks toodaloo